Hey everyone. Welcome to Crime Cults and Coffee. I'm Bren. And I'm Kelsey. And yeah, we're here. (laughs) We always feel so awkward starting this off with you guys. I wanted to start with a rap today, but we thought that would be a little bit much. (laughs) Denied. Immediately vetoed. (laughs) So, what do we have going on? Let's think. We didn't do anything this weekend. We did absolute shit. Literally, at one point, I looked at Carson and I was like, I can't watch Ava sit here and play with slime for another hour today, <laughs> so we need to go for a drive. I don't care where we go. Yeah, you guys drove about. We I continued up, playing slime with Ava. I know. <laughs> we ended up going to get a beer, but we got out of there, and Carson's like, wow, I didn't realize how long we were playing slime for. <laughs> I was like, it's, yeah. He had caught up in it, you know? You really do. We got her a giant tub of slime for her birthday. Well, butter dough, which is better than slime. Butter dough. <laughs> And here we are on Crime Colts and Coffee talking about butter dough. Buy it. It's a target. <laughs> yeah. It smells really good, too. So, uh, want to jump right into our coffee review? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> we told you guys in previous episodes that we had come to the end of our Fable Grounds um, coffees that they sent us. But we couldn't get enough. We couldn't. So we tapped into Mom's stash. (laughs) (laughs) We saw that she had ordered some separate, and we were like, can we try one for tonight? It's really good. Yeah. So tonight's coffee is, well, today, this morning, whatever, whenever you're listening to us, (laughs) it's Enchanted Rose, which is a raspberry cream flavored coffee. Ooh, and the little picture on front is like the rose from Beauty and the Beast, and it has a little glass case over it. So again, we have reviewed them in the past. Just a reminder, the episodes we reviewed them in depth was 24, but then again in 29 and 33. 24, 29, 33. 24, 29, 33. That reminds me of Lost. I never finished Lost, but it was pretty good. You have to. Please, listeners, if you haven't watched Lost... (laughs) watch it it's hard for me to get into older film like not that even that it's that it's not old but older where like the graphics and like the editing was not great like it's so unbelievable to me but it's such a good show it was so good good. there's so much happening just like this today's episode there's so much (laughs) happening speaking of good shows i wanted to talk about the show that we're watching right now yes please do it's so fucking good. We're obsessed. And we're like, we're watching another episode tonight. It came out. We even said we would re-watch it with Carson because he didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, we were he two wouldn't. episodes in and he's like, that's stupid. He's like, I'm the only one sitting here that hasn't seen it. And we're like, but we'll watch it again. It's good. We were like, what if we miss something? <laughs> <laughs> we can catch something we didn't see last time. Yeah. It's called Cruel Summer and it's on Hulu, right? Yeah. Hulu. It's technically like a free form show so if you have uh i don't know what people consider it these days cable tv direct tv whatever you have i don't have i don't use any of those i use all like streaming services yeah yeah. but if you have a tv provider that has free form you can watch it on free form otherwise it streams on hulu yeah episodes come out every week on hulu which is kind of new for hulu i feel like since the pandemic they started doing that where they release weekly episodes yeah um, but it's so good. It's really good. It's like crimey and creepy and nineties. <laughs> so nineties. Most 90s. importantly, nineties. My favorite time period. Yeah, it's it's so good. Um, so check it out. I love that. 
I love that show. Right I can't. Now. We're gonna watch it after we record. Yeah. So like, let's let's get it moving. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, did you have any other shows that you've been watching that you want to talk about? No, but let's get back to the coffee. Okay. You're we, right. we kind of strayed. You're right. We've been led astray. Fable grounds. I apologize. <laughs> so yes, Enchanted Rose is tonight's coffee. Um, again, that's a raspberry cream flavored coffee. What do you think? Okay. So. Today, I tasted it black before adding the creamer, and I smelt it when it first brewed. Brewed, yeah. Mm-hmm. And definitely can smell the raspberry when smelling the coffee, with or without creamer. Yeah. Immediately, yeah. The While drinking it, I don't taste the raspberry too much while I'm drinking it. It's, like, there, but you don't... It's not too strong yeah but then I taste it in the aftertaste it's definitely an aftertaste for me yeah I couldn't taste the raspberry um like immediately drinking it black and with creamer after I added creamer Mm -hmm. but it's definitely like an aftertaste that like kind of hangs out yeah in your mouth the aftertaste also reminds me of if anyone's ever had Russell Stover's chocolate like (laughs) that you get in those heart boxes on Valentine's Day if you haven't make your boyfriend get you (laughs) if you haven't girlfriend eat some freaking Russell Stover's while (laughs) watching Cruel Summer or Lost right (laughs) but anyway uh the yeah the aftertaste to me, it tastes like a raspberry cream Russell Stover's chocolate. Yeah, like the one, yeah, that's in the actual heart box. And it has that little pink cream in it. <laughs> yeah, it does taste a lot like that, but it's definitely an aftertaste for me. Yeah. I think, again, it doesn't specify on their website, but I think this is a medium roast coffee. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I'd probably rate this one a seven. Also agreed. Really good. We are on the same page today. <laughs> Which Get is it? good. Same page. Fable grounds, uh-huh. based around books. <laughs> Every, so everyone better be laughing. <laughs> so again, their website, in case you missed it, is fablegroundscoffee.com. And their Instagram handle is fablegroundscoffee. And we love you, Fable Grounds. We do. And we're probably going to review you again because we just love your coffee. Yeah, for sure. So good. <laughs> Thanks again for sending all the stuff you sent. Is that it? Yeah. All right. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. All right. So this week we are doing another Haunted Places episode. Finally. We haven't done it in so long. Oh my God. We looked back and our last Haunted Places episode was January. (laughs) And then we did an Urban Legend one in February. (laughs) One of our listeners, shout out Sydney. Actually, she's my best friend. Um, best friend since kindergarten. She reached out to me and she was like, you guys haven't done haunted places in a while. And I was like, yeah, I'll add it on there. And then we were looking today, Bryn was looking and she's like, we haven't done it since January. (laughs) Thanks for noticing, Sid. Thank you. You're a true fan. So I'm going to start off this week's haunted places. We each did one today. So I'm going to start. I'm so excited. I'm really excited. I don't know how I've like never heard of these places. I guess I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited, though. So this one that I'm doing is called the Crescent Hotel and Spa in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Have you ever heard of it? Fancy schmancy now. It is fancy fucking schmancy (laughs) because you need to look up the pictures. I'm excited. Fancy with a fucking F. Schmancy. (laughs) Capital (laughs) F. Capital F. Fancy schmancy. Okay. So I'm going to start with the history. Um, This building was built on the on Arkansas's Ozarks in 1866. Yeah, so a long time ago. As a resort for the rich and famous. 
The idea to build the hotel near the Eureka Springs Railroad was to attract, like, business and leisure trips, and it was actually thought of by the U.S. Senator Clayton Powell. So he was like, we'll get two people, you know, the people that are coming for leisure and the people that are coming to travel for business because the railroad was right next to where they were building Mm -hmm. the hotel. The architect he hired to build the hotel was named Isaac S. Taylor, and it cost $294,000 to build. Back then. In 1866. Oh my god. Yeah, it's massive. So it took two years to build it and it opened its its doors on May 20th, 1886. I'm sorry, 1866. The building was known as the Grand Old Lady of the Ozarks. The grand opening had a ton of popular political people attend, such as Grover Cleveland bunch of senators magistrates and like high-ranking military men were all invited wow yeah so one of the marketing techniques that was used was basically saying that the water around the area around the hotel was healing because there was like 60 natural springs that bubbled and it looked cool basically so they said that this was like healing water that's kind of like that place that we watched in the documentary Zac Efron yeah exactly yeah it's like they basically said that that's how they marketed it. Like, come to this resort and you'll he- you'll get healed by even the water. Wow. So the hotel was so large and the upkeep was really tough to manage um, that the railroad eventually started losing popularity as well. So they had to eventually shut down the hotel, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, just to show the rough size of it today, it has 72 rooms and four luxury cottages, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you see the picture of this thing, it's massive. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I wonder how big the rooms are too. Huge. Okay, so there we go. It's really <laughs> cool. I want to go there. In 1908, it was reopened as the Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women, but it then closed down again in 1924. It reopened again in 1930 as a junior college, but then closed due to the Great Depression. And then in 1934, it was then leased as, like, a hotel, but it was only open for the summertime. Mm -hmm. So it went through, like, ups and downs during the years, but... um, in 1937, Norman G. Baker bought the building. He was a radio personality at the time, and he was also known as, like, a big inventor. A little background on Norman. He's the main player in this, so he's important. Good old Norm. <laughs> Norman. <laughs> <laughs> he was a millionaire, called himself a doctor, which he wasn't, um, attacked practices of organized medicine, so he said that's all organized and, like, modern medicine of the time was bullshit, he said. Where was he coming from with all this knowledge? Iowa. Yep. Iowa. (laughs) Okay. In case you were wondering. All right, then. Norm. Norm from Iowa with all the knowledge. Norm. Um, So, yeah, he originally lived in Iowa, but he had to leave because he was caught practicing medicine without a license. (laughs) So they kicked him out. So, really, he had no knowledge whatsoever. No, he fleed. <laughs> so when he bought the hotel, he turned it into a hospital where he treated cancer patients. Okay? How? Yeah. How? Good fucking question. <laughs> he named the hotel, quote, Baker's Cancer Curing Hospital. That's a fucking hefty name. Cancer Curing Hospital. That sounds like a brand of baking soda. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it? It does. I can picture the la- the labeling. Cancer curing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
He labeled this building as a health resort to his established patients moving with him to, like, from Iowa where he was, and then to new prospective patients. So he was like, you know, this is going to heal your cancer. I could picture, like, Lucille Ball. Have you ever seen that episode where she's eating the chocolates and the chocolate? Yes! I could picture her taste testing this medicine. Right. And, like, she, there's that episode where she's tasting the medicine and she's like, mmm. What is it? The Vita Vita Regimen? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I can picture her doing it with this. My mom loves, I love Lucy. I'm a Vita right? Vita, Vita, Vita Benjamin girl. I can't say that. <laughs> Good thing you're not Lucille Paul. Good thing. So he basically said that fresh air, healthy food, and exercise were the basis of his treatment for cancer. And I wrote, if only. Was he involved in that one episode with that the hotel that I did, the haunted episode where the people went there for... Uh, to cure their whatever. I forget what they had. I think that was tuberculosis. Yeah, something like that. This like, was strictly cancer. No, but I feel like he's doing the oh, same yes. thing where he's like, come here, yeah. heal, heal. I'll heal you. Yeah. I don't know why he picked cancer patients, but it's fucked up. Wow. He also practiced surgery in the basement of his hotel, and he's not a fucking licensed medical professional. Like, that's what kills me. About this whole thing. Oh, my God. One wing of the hospital was a psychiatric ward where patients that were basically crying and screaming in pain from their cancer were sent so other patients didn't see them. It shouldn't have been a psych ward, though. They're probably screaming because he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And they were in pain from cancer. Oh, my God. This is awful. It gets so much worse. Oh, my God. In the basement, there was also a morgue that he had built with, like, a freezer where he kept, yeah, like a walk-in freezer. And again, he was not a doctor. He had no training whatsoever. He advertised this hospital to those that were basically grasping at straws to find some kind of cure for their family members who had cancer. That's so sad. No one was ever cured, obviously. And he basically scammed millions of dollars from family, from family members of people that were trying to get their loved ones cured. But how were people thinking this was, like, a reputable place when no one was coming forward being like, I was cured I know. This man is so legit. Well, it was open, and it was new, and he's a millionaire. I don't know. And they're just like, whatever. try anything. Yeah. So, like I said, he promised to cure the cancer patients with basically potions and glass bottles that he made himself. Mm. Very ambitious. Lots of the potions were made from the natural spring water in the area, so he marketed as that. Some articles actually said that the cure was... uh, was an elixir made of a mixture of alcohol and watermelon, which actually sounds pretty damn good, but it's not going to cure your cancer. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry, I'm choking on something. So was he a doctor or was he a witch doctor? Both. No, neither. (laughs) He thought he was both. Yeah. He was also said to have kept human specimens from his patients in these jars that he had. Ew. Yeah. So after a while... Like, he would he would continuously send the family members of his patients letters saying, like, oh, they're doing great, they're healing, blah, blah, blah. And then after a while, they would get a letter saying that their loved one had passed away. Oh, my God. And then asked for money from them for their funeral arrangements. And they sent them, and he kept all of the money. Wow, this guy's a freaking douche. Yeah. But why wouldn't you be like, I don't know, why would you let... 
a doctor set up your funeral for your loved yeah, it one. It doesn't really make sense. I don't know. Maybe that's not accurate. Maybe that's it was really just a legend. Sad. That's really sad, though. Yeah. So, eventually, he was arrested for fraud and sent to the Leavenworth Federal Prison in 1940. The stories related to his hospital were known as only legend until recently in 2019. Holy shit! Yeah. And fraud, this man should have been put away for murder because technically yeah. he was murdering these, these people. people. Yeah. So, oh my god, that's so yeah. Weird. All of these were like creepy, le- like urban legends of Arkansas, and then they found proof in 2019. Oh my god. So, Jack Moyer, who is the current or at least the most current hotel vice president and general manager, said that he brought a team of archaeologists to the hotel, and quote, it wasn't until more than 500 bottles from the northwest corner of our 15 acres were excavated during a formal archaeological dig, did we actually get to see those antique bottles of macabre proof? Oh, my God. Yeah, they dug up 80-year-old bottles in this grave, and they also found surgical tools that he had buried there. Why did he bury these? I don't know, but the bottles were filled with, like, fluid and floating things that were probably human... Oh my god, Rains, that's fucking or, disgusting, but why did he bury them? And he thought he was going to get caught, them? I guess. I don't and know. And he just buried everything in the... In 500 <laughs> bottles worth of 80-year-old bottles Wouldn't with specimens. Wouldn't it have been easier to just, like, throw them out somewhere than to right? <laughs> bury them 500 the bottles? <laughs> I guess nobody thought to, like, try to dig it up until 2019. Or maybe he thought he'd be back at some point and didn't want to, like, dispose of them. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Oh my so god, that's, that's the, really disturbing. Right? That's the history up until, like, now-ish. Here's some interviews with former hotel staff that worked, like, during or around that time period. Uh-huh. Genevieve Bowman and Dorothy Bridgman worked at the hotel as wait, wait persons while they were in high school. When the bottles that were found during the dig were shown to them, they said they remember seeing them in the hotel basement in an area considered to be the morgue. Blech. They Hardcore, saw that. tangible. They were able to evidence justify, like, and you know, like Ew. verify that it was there. Yeah. And this is a little side note. The morgue, the autopsy table, and a walk-in cooler in the basement is now part of a public viewing for tours in the hotel. And the jars that were recovered are on display in the basement. I hope they clean them first. And took everything out. Took the body part ones away. I know, right? Just kept the elixir. (laughs) Just the watermelon and alcohol. (laughs) So, ownership changed uh, over the years multiple times, which honestly isn't very exciting, so I didn't write those details down. But in 1997, Marty and Elise Rowink bought the hotel, um, and they already knew it was haunted. That was part of the reason why they bought it. Ooh, so they were just into that. Yeah. They hired two mediums to do a reading of the building, and both mediums said that the hotel shows signs of being a portal to the other side. Ooh, I just got the chills. They said that, quote, dimension that holds the spirits of the dead can be accessed by those on the same frequency as ghosts. Wow. Well, so that hotel is like some kind of porthole, portal for portal. spirit. Porthole. <laughs> 
quartz face hole. Yeah. <laughs> for ghosts to, like, come through. Well, that kind of makes sense because I think if, if portals exist, that would probably happen with, like, an abundance of yeah. energy. And if... There was a lot of negative oh, energy there as well. Oh, I am waiting. Let's go. So these are the haunted slash paranormal stories. Okay. I'm ready for it. Okay. First, we'll start off with just some hotel guests. Um, they said they've seen children huddling under the morgue's autopsy table pleading for help in the basement, like hiding under like spirit, little spirit children. Okay, we've talked about this in past episodes. No children. No spirit children. No children. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Norman Baker's patient that also worked in the hospital is said to be seen in room 419, also known as Theodora's room. So visitors said that in the morning they hear the squeaking of the wheels on like a gurney being pushed down the hallway by a a nurse with a corpse on it and then basically disappearing into thin air. It's like platform nine and three quarters. I know. But morgue style. But creepy (laughs) as hell. Guests have been said to see the spirit of Morris, you're going to love this, who is a cat that used (gasps) to live in the hotel. (laughs) He was buried in the back of the hotel. It's also like Harry Potter. (laughs) And like, um, Hocus Pocus. It's Mrs. Norris, but that's similar. Oh my Isn't god! Isn't that cute? It's a little kitty cat spirit oh my god. running oh, around. I see a little kitty cat spirit. I know. I don't know if there's pictures of him, little Morris. Aww. In room two eighteen, it is said to be the most haunted room in the hotel because that's where a man named Michael, who is actually a stoneman that helped build the building, fell to his death. So he's said to haunt that room, Michael. Is he like do? Do they say if he's nice or is he, like, angry or... No, he's just, he's just seen a lot, I guess. Mm. So these are the in-depth stories and <laughs> they're on the hotel's, like, blog website and they're from people, like, the tour guides of the ghost hunt- hunted tours that they do there. Mm-hmm. And they gave them really weird names and I don't know if it's pr- to protect, like, the staff's name or whatever, but just that's why the names are weird, I guess. So the first one is from Aunt Reba. Reba um, McIntosh. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Aunt Reba McIntosh. Aunt Reba. So. Is it McIntosh? No, it's McIntyre. McIntyre. Right? Yeah. McIntosh why is an it, apple. Yeah, why not? It's because of her red hair. I fucking hate Reba. <laughs> She's on my celebrity hate list. <laughs> Did you hear what your dad said about the movie thing? Downstairs? No. So I was talking about how um, there might be, like, I might have to interact with, like, a movie set for something, and he's like, oh, didn't you hear? It's for The Rock. (laughs) He purposely said that because I literally hate, I despise The Rock, don't come at me for it, but I hate him, he's one of my celebrity hates, (laughs) and he, like, I looked over and he did that. If you don't know what we're talking about cele- with celebrity hates, go to our Snow Day Souffle episode. You'll hear Kelsey talk all about her list. I literally hate him. <laughs> but anyway, so Aunt Reba, this is her story. She's one of the tour guides in the hotel. Um, she loved visiting the Crescent Hotel before she worked there and frequently smelled cherry pipe tobacco when she got to the second floor. Two years later, when she decided to train as like a tour guide for the hotel... She found out that an in-house doctor that used to work there, Dr. John Fremont Ellis, used to smoke cherry tobacco in room 212, which was his office. Oh, my God. So she's like, it's weird. It's only on, like, the second floor. Wow. Yeah. The next one is from D- Duchess Deborah. 
she gives tours at the hotel and frequently performs in a play that they have there. They have, like, a live-action, like, creepy play, I guess, that they do at the hotel. One night, her and another person in the play said their rehearsed line, and it was, they both said the word ghost at the same time. And as they said that, four books that were used as props flew off of the shelf. Shut up. Didn't hit anybody, thank God, but scared the shit out of them. Like, they were all terrified, and the people in the audience, like, thought it was planned. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Meanwhile, these fucking books just went flying. They said it looked like a, I didn't read her quote, but looked like a frisbee flying across the room. Wow. Yeah. Creepy. Wow. Um, Sweet Lady Sandra said that one woman during the tour said that she clearly heard and saw a man with a buzz cut say, quote, what about my treatment? End quote. Oh, my God. And two other people on that tour said that they saw um, this man in their peripheral vision um, walk by at the time that that woman heard him say that. The man with the buzz cut. Mm Mm-hmm. Holy shit. There's a lot of fucking paranormal stuff at this hotel. And it sounds like a lot of visible apparitions. Like, you could actually see them. Yeah. Miss Catherine said that her and her tour group were standing at the bottom of her staircase, of a staircase, like, in the entrance. And they stopped for a second before, like, going down to the bottom part of the hotel, which is where the morgue was. Mm -hmm. She felt goosebumps and then all of a sudden, like, was having a really hard time breathing. Two women on the tour guide, on the tour, also got pale and said, quote, did you feel that? It's the little girl. She's here. I can feel her. What? And, yeah. They were talking about a little girl that fell to her death from the fourth floor railing and landed in the exact spot where the tour group was standing. I just got so dizzy. Really? Yeah. How fucking... They were standing where she landed. Oh my god, that makes me sick. Yeah. That literally makes me sick. Like, I feel nauseous right now. Yeah. A man actually took a picture in their tour group before the conversation happened between the three women, and the photo clearly shows a foggy mist in the shape of a little girl standing next to the three women. I don't three like women. anything with children like that. Yeah, sadly, he never posted the picture onto, like, the website that they have, but, yeah. Holy crap. How fucking creepy is that? Oh my god. Oh, that poor child. This one cracks me the fuck up. I was dying. So this one's from Major Tom. He said there. Oh I don't know God. why they named. I don't know if like they actually go by these names or what. Wait, what? Like, they couldn't come up with a better one than that. There was a wife and a non-believer husband on the tour, which is like hysterical. I think first it's like of all, my like, parents. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so they got to the portion of the tour where they were in the morgue, and the lights were purposely like turned off at that point for people to take pictures they were told to like okay take pictures see what you can capture on your camera at this point (laughs) the non-believer husband screamed (laughs) like they could hear him screaming (laughs) and he ran out of the ran out of the room like went flying out and they brought him back and they were like what happened he said (laughs) he said he saw an orb in the dark with his naked eye that was that came between like his camera and his, like, face. And he, like, saw it, like, float by his face in the, like, pitch black dark. And he screamed and ran Oh, my away. God. I thought you were going to say it was the little girl, but that's, no. like, equally strange. Yeah. But I'm glad it was him. Like, that made him a believer, I bet. I know. So, a couple more. Um, this one's from Willow. 
So each tour guide carries an electromagnetic field meter during the tour to detect electrical emissions given off from spirit. Um, One woman on the tour said that she felt a spirit presence. So they set the EMF, which is that magnetic meter thingy, Mm -hmm. down in the spot where she said that she felt this. And it started going crazy, like beeping and lighting up. And then the tour guide said, quote, if there is indeed a spirit in the room, please make the meter slow down. Immediately it slowed down. It then began beating like a heartbeat. What? Sped up and then completely shut off. What? Isn't that creepy as hell? But how would it pick up like a heartbeat? I don't know. Either it was picking up. Well, no, because the spirit wouldn't have a heartbeat. I know. It was creepy. Or was the spirit going, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Right? Like, trying to creep them out. Like, this one's like, I'll get them. The spirit's like, I'm going to fuck with these people. Yeah. So, this is the last one, and it said that this was, like, the most intense story that they had on one of their tours. Oh, no. And I'm going to read it, quote, like, word for word, just because it was so well said, and, like, it builds suspense. So, this is from tour guide Marshall John Law, and this entire thing is a quote from their blog. So at the very end of the tour, after the lights come up in the morgue, the guide usually asks if anyone would like to enter the morgue's infamous walk-in cooler and have the door shut behind them, leaving them in total darkness. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Only two brave souls stepped in, a mother with a video camera and her 12-year-old son (gasps) with a look of cautious zeal on his face. Why would you bring your son in there? Was his name Chunk and was he from the Goonies? Right? So they stepped into this space that housed hundreds of dead bodies and innumerable severed body parts during the hotel's hospital days, and the door was closed behind them. After about 30 seconds, the door was open, and the boy looking ill staggered out from the cooler with his mother saying, quote, please move, my son is getting sick. This is not my wording. This is the next line, though. The lad popped into... lad! <laughs> The lad popped into one of the two chairs, always kept near the entrance of the morgue for such for just such occurrences, since ever so often someone will feel faint or ill from the time being spent in the room um, where the time had ended for so many during the three years of Charlton killed rather than cured unsuspecting cancer patients. Once the mother was assured her son was okay, and with the whole tour group watching, she announced, quote, you have to see this, at which time she she played the video that she captured in the closed darkened cooler. Oh, my God. Okay. This video showed an occasional glint of colored light coming from a dot high over the sun's head, illuminating his face just enough for a brief recognition. One such dot did not fade like the others, but began swinging back and forth. As the light did begin to fade, a larger, brighter white light, as bright as a camera flash, appeared and continued to glow just above her son's head. It slowly descended and disappeared as if it were entering the head of the, uh, entering his head. Oh my god. Only to suddenly reappear, seemingly escaping from the boy's skull, just to a nanosecond before the door opened and allowed the boy to make his quick and queasy exit. I was going to say, did it fucking go into the kid's head? And it did. It fucking went into his head and then exited out. And that's why he was feeling sick. Like, thank fucking God it came out. Oh, 
That was a spirit in him. It literally... I'm bringing up the movie Ghost again yeah. with Patrick Swayze because it's like that movie because that happens in that movie yeah. during the seance scene. Uh-huh. He, the one guy goes into her body and she feels like so sick and dizzy and stuff after. Yeah. How messed up and crazy is that? That is terrifying. These tours are apparently insane. So... I want to go, but I don't at the same time. I know, right? I don't want a little thing going into my head. I don't want, like, something coming back with me. Yeah, and I I think I'd be nervous about, like, not entities, well, maybe entities being there because there's a lot of bad energy there, but yeah. also just, like, malevolent spirit or really pissed off yeah. spirit. Exactly. Oh, my God. Like, people died in there. Not in a good way. Yeah. Like, they were murdered. So, that's the end of the creepy stories. Just a couple little side notes. Some famous people that stayed in the hotel were were Willie Nelson and Bill Clinton, in case you were wondering. (laughs) Willie Nelson. I love that Willie Nelson stayed there. Um, And as I mentioned before, you can go on ghost tours in the hotel during the month of October... Uh, We need to do this. Hotel guests can take part in, quote, flickering tales. Basically, they all sit around a campfire and listen to ghost stories told at night by, like, the hotel staff and stuff. We need to see how far this is from Lake Shawnee Amusement Park because I want to go to both both. around Halloween. Yeah. There's also something that they do there called ghost tour guides. They're inside stories. And this is a forum where the ghost guides tell their own personal encounters while working at the hotel. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so cool. Kels, that was so good. Thanks. I was excited about it. I have never heard of that place, and now I'm so glad I did. Wait until you see what this place looks like. Like, Yes, please. It's insane. I just can't even, like, picture how, like, it was built back then. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy huge, and it's beautiful. Wow. Look at how big this thing is. Oh, wait till you guys see these pictures. Make sure you go on our Facebook to check it out because they are beautiful. It's literally on a mountaintop. Oh my god, that is so pretty. Yeah. Wow. We need to go. Make sure you check out the the pictures. I know. Wow. So pretty. Alrighty, are you ready for mine? I'm excited. (laughs) Okay, so today I will be talking about the Curtis House Inn. Oh, I've never heard heard of of that. The Curtis House Inn. It's Jamie Lee Curtis's house? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) We keep referring back to these famous people, but no. No, not her. So the Curtis House Inn is in Woodbury, Connecticut. Okay. And I'm going to tell a little bit of history before I get into the spooky stuff. It's Connecticut's oldest operating inn. And others think that the Griswold Inn in Essex is the oldest. It's, like, a highly debated thing in Connecticut, apparently. (laughs) But most of the articles I read were, like, no. The Curtis House Inn is the oldest. These people get heated. Yeah, they get get all hot and bothered about it. (laughs) So, it was built in 1734 or 1735, depending on the article, by Reverend Anthony Stoddard. And it was originally a two-story building, and it was built to be a family home, but the grandson, Anthony Stoddard, so both of them were named Anthony Stoddard, okay. so don't get confused. The grandson eventually opened the Oranog Inn, and the rooms on the first first floor and 
there were rooms on the first floor, sorry, mm-hmm. and the second floor was a ballroom, or, like, Ooh. the, uh, gathering place. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So, it was kind of unofficially opened as this Orinog Inn. It was more so a, like, public house where people can come and stay, mm-hmm. but it was first opened as, like, an official inn in 1754 and renamed the Curtis House Inn. Okay. So, it's listed on the National Register of Historic Places, and a handwritten list of past owners hangs on a wall in the building. There mm-hmm. has been a lot of turnover. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants this place. <laughs> yeah. This is a really strange and interesting fact, which is why I included it. Over a course of 200 years, four unrelated Curtis families have lived in this house. What the fuck? All not related. Isn't that odd? That's really weird. Yeah. I'm like, what? It's just very strange. That's really weird. Yeah. So, in 1954, Mr. Sterling Dunn sold the property to Stella Hardesty and her son Chester, and members of the Hardesty and Brennan families had been the owners of the inn ever since, up until kind of recently. Okay. Another fun fact, in 2019, an article that I'm going to include in our work cited said it was awarded quote, the scariest place in Connecticut Oh, by the travel, entertainment, food, and shopping website, Thrillist.com. Oh, my God. Yeah. I want to go. And a second fun fact, it was featured on Gordon Ramsay's reality <laughs> show, Hotel Hell. What? Wait. <laughs> he has a show called that? I thought not he any- yelled at not people anymore, I don't for think. bad cooking. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't think this show exists anymore. Is he the one that did Idiot Sandwich? <laughs> Wait, what was his show? It was, like, his cooking show was, like... Hell's Kitchen? Yeah, Hell's Kitchen. Something like that. Was it? Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. He's hysterical. He cracks me up. Yeah, but he had this show, Hotel Hell. Oh. I guess where he went in and kind of tried out hotels and ripped them a new asshole. And (laughs) and then helped them become better, you know? Oh, like like Bar Rescue? Kind of. Okay. Yeah. So, he went to Hotel Hell and... Well, he had this show, Hotel Hell, in 2014, and this is featured in Season 2, Episode 7, if you want to check it out. It has gone through multiple name changes. So, the Curtis House Inn closed April 2019 after it was sold to new owners in... I I read two differing articles again. One of them said it was sold in September 2018. One of them said May. Okay. But, anyway, it was closed for renovation, and reopened as the Evergreen Inn and Tavern, June 2019. Okay. So the name changed from Curtis House to Evergreen Inn. And then, according to a July 1st, 2020 article, executive chef Michael Bates Walsh reopened it as an inn, restaurant, and tavern in 2020, and it's now renamed again the 1754 House. Oh, okay, and that's 2020. Yeah. That's recent. And he upgraded the dining and guest rooms and everything in it. Oh. He didn't, like, he didn't fully change the, like, like, the the originality of it and, uh, like, the historical aspects, or he tried to upgrade it with things that kind of still looked like that, but he did make upgrades and... I'm going to talk about some of the renovations and stuff, and you'll see why some of it probably needed to be upgraded. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. 
So there have been, besides this new renovation in 2020, there have been re- renovations in the past. Renovations and additions were uh, were added to the original house. Okay. And in the 1800s, the ballroom space on the second floor was renovated into more guest rooms because it was a house. Mm-hmm. And in 1900, Levi Curtis invested $400 to raise the Curtis House Inn's roof to make it oh, taller. Make it taller. Okay. Yeah. It created eight new rooms on a third floor, and basically in this area around that time in the 1900s, a trolley service was coming to that area, mm-hmm. meaning, like, more a, more of an influx of people would be coming in, so they kind of wanted to prepare to have more space for more people and guests and all that. More money. Yeah. So, Levi Curtis came up with the inn's motto, which I believe is still its motto, I'm not exactly sure what the newest owner, but it Mm -hmm. was as of 2019. Quote, every modern comfort, every ancient charm. That's cute. really cute, right? I like that. So, basically, Levi Curtis, he did these renovations, but he kept the charm of the Curtis house while adding modern amenities, which drew in more guests because they were like, wow, we love this, like, as he said, ancient charm, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of modernized. Okay. So, in 2012, the Curtis House Inn had 14 rooms on the second and third floor of the main house and four rooms available in the old carriage house. The eight rooms in the main house have a private bath, cable TV, air conditioning, and a phone with antiques and canopy beds. And the six other rooms in the main house had canopy beds, antiques, and cable TV, but share a common bathroom, <laughs> which is disgusting. No. Gotta <laughs> like go. a hostel. <laughs> and have no phone or air conditioning. So that's why I said, like, as of 2020, he probably did more updates to make it more desirable. Yeah. Ew. I would not do that. Yeah. The carriage house rooms are, they said if you want to stay in those carriage house ones, they're better for, like, larger groups of people, like weddings, reunions, etc. Okay. And... The dining and event areas are now on the first floor, mm-hmm. and there's a pub room named Cafe City Hall, or as of 2019 anyway. Again, I don't know if this was changed with the new owner, mm-hmm. but it was named Cafe City Hall. It's in the inn's lower level, and that was built in 1954. Wow, so it had to have been, like, pretty big. Yeah. Damn, okay. Yeah. All right, so then there's a couple weird deaths that came along with this inn. Curtis Inn, the Curtis Inn owner from 1852 to 1857, his name was Lucius Foote, like Lucius Malfoy. (laughs) (laughs) Lucius Foote, like Lucius Foote. Like Footloose? Yeah, like his last (laughs) name is Foote. He died under suspicious circumstances. In the hotel, in the inn? Yes. Oh. So, he won a large amount at a large stakes poker game at the Curtis House Inn mm-hmm. the night of his death. And after winning, he left and took a shortcut through the church cemetery. And he was found dead and frozen in the church's work barn. What? Yeah. And his jackpot winnings were gone. Oh, somebody saw him win. And yeah. Like, we're robbing this guy. Yeah. And then in 2005, the brother-in-law of the owner at that time was in the army and killed in Iraq. Damn. So they're just like, is there weird ties with this place and 
Yeah. Those people. So now we're into the hauntings. Guests, paranormal investigators, owners, and staff members have all had experiences there. A Stoddard relative gifted a painting of Anthony Stoddard, and it didn't specify if this was the original owner or the grandson. Okay. But it was gifted to the Curtis House Inn, and there's tons of activity surrounding this painting. Ew. When it was hung in the foyer of the inn. Oh my god. Yeah, and I'll get a little bit into that, but ghosts of past owners have been known to help and supervise the staff or express their opinions on changes in the building. (laughs) Like, they'll literally be like, no! Ew. (laughs) Could you imagine, like, hmm, let's change the sheets here. (laughs) No! Yeah. Ew. Female, a female spirit serves guests in room 16. (laughs) Wow, extra service. It's like, (laughs) am I paying for this or no? (laughs) And then a male spirit is seen doing his favorite activities. That's what it said. And I'm like, is this croquet, dodgeball? Who the fuck knows? (laughs) Like, (laughs) is he playing poker? Doing his favorite Is he just, like, whipping a ball at people? I literally am picturing stepbrothers where he's, like, jumping around saying, there's so much room for activities. (laughs) Yeah. He does his favorite activities. God knows what that means. All right. So, I'm going to break it down kind of room by room. Well, not room by room, like floor by floor, area Uh by area, or ghost by ghost now. So, in the attic, investigators have had their hair tugged. (laughs) There is an unseen presence of a former slave that has been sensed, which is very sad. God. There have been orbs that have been caught on film. Mm Mm-hmm. An EVP, which is an electronic voice phenomena, was recorded, and it they said it's, like, clear as fucking day. Oh, my God. Like, it's someone, it's, like, me talking to this microphone right now saying, don't go there. Like, like not, clear like, clear as day. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. So, also, voices and someone walking has been heard by guests in room five. Ew. And then I'm on to a spirit... She's a young female spirit. In some articles, they referred to her as Sally, and in some, they referred to her as Betty. So I don't know which is which, <laughs> what she likes Maybe to go by. Betty Sally. Yeah. She hangs out on the second floor, especially room 16, and female guests have had covers moved or pulled off of them, and one person was shoved out of the bed. <laughs> what? Yeah. Ew, I'm laughing. She seems it's to not like women and to favor men because male guests have been tucked in, and she also has been known to like fuss with their covers, like fix them up around them, and has even crawled into bed with them. She's a woman. What does she have against women? Gosh. I don't know. Ew, she's crawled in. Ew. Yeah. She's lonely. Yeah. Well, there's a couple, a couple spirits in this place that like to crawl into bed with people. No. Yeah. No. So, the dining room has a strong female spirit described as matronly, and a female employee was feeling overwhelmed from a catering event. Like, she was kind of, like, I guess, just really anxious. Like, there's a lot of shit going on. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, she felt a calming, reassuring presence of a female, she said. And this female spirit is known to, like, supervise events and offer emotional support to the living during, like, big events in the inn. What? Yeah. 
So she's like motherly almost. Oh my god. Yeah. And there was a dinner event where a medium was a guest. So I have a medium in mind too. Oh god. And the medium told the owner that the female spirit was, quote, very pleased with how the dinner went in the dining room. Oh my god. It's like she never left though. Yeah. She's still like just doing her thing. That's kind of sad though. Like I wonder if she in that time kind of oversaw the events like that or was like Like, the party planner yeah that's what i was picturing yeah so then there's a male spirit he is in 17th or 18th century clothing it's believed that it's a former owner who knows which one because there's been a bunch like i said and he was really upset when the pub was built downstairs (laughs) He annoyed and bothered all the workmen working on it. Oh, God. And he didn't want changes to the building, they think, because he just was, like, not having it. This is how he wanted it. Yeah. He he just wanted it to be, like, original, oh. I guess. There's another male spirit. He's an elegant Confederate gentleman. That's what he's <laughs> described as. He's on the... He's the opposite end of the one I just talked about. He is seen in the pub room... And he became, he became active when the pub was opened, and they say he stays in the liquor closet a lot, so he's just like, gulp, gulp, gulp. Oh my god, he <laughs> yeah. loves to have some beers. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. I'd be friends with him, I think. I know, I wonder, like, where he came from, though, because if the pub didn't exist, it's not like he used to be a person who went, used to go there, you know? Maybe he was just someone that visited the hotel. And he's like, oh my god, I like this little spot. I like what they've done here. This is my local dive bar now. <laughs> Support your local dive bar, Poor even local when business. you're a spirit. <laughs> spirits do it. You can, too. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted his wine and spirits. Oh, my God. So, then there's the ghost of Anthony Stoddard, and this is the portrait one, the oh, painting one. Okay. So. This is the grandson? I Like I said, I don't know if... The portrait is of the grandson no, this- or the original owner, the one who ha- built yeah. the house, Anthony Stoddard. Okay. Both of their names are Anthony Stoddard. Yeah. yeah. So, they don't know if he was already there all along and jumped to his portrait when it was hung in the foyer. What do you mean jumped? <laughs> like, attached himself to it. Oh, okay. Or if this spirit came with the painting. And the painting seemed to watch and supervise the employees. They said they felt super uncomfortable. His presence was really strong, but they never physically saw him. And basically they said, like, it seemed like the painting's eyes would, like, follow you. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. When you said painting, I was like... I knew you were going to say its eyes were yeah. fucking following you. Yeah. They said it would just... They felt like they were being watched by it all the time. Oh, Anthony. <laughs> Tony. Yeah. Cut it out. And after many complaints, the owner moved the painting to the dining room. <laughs> and after he moved it from the dining... And it, in the dining room, they said it had, like, its own wall and, like, I don't know. So, after he moved it from the foyer to the dining room... The employees no longer felt over-supervised, and the paranormal activity from the painting has lessened since then. Oh, okay. So, maybe he just didn't like where he was at. It's like, move me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, then there's room one, and this is the ghost of Lucia, Lucius Foote, the owner that died suspiciously. Mm. Uh, 
they're pretty sure it's him. It's between him and someone else. Mm-hmm. It's possible that he used room one as his innkeeper's quarters. That's why I think they lean towards him a little bit. Oh, okay. And a male apparition, so they fully fucking saw him, thought to be Lucius, had stomped into the room, took off his boots, and proclaimed, quote, I've had a rough ride. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. The people were probably like, you? Yeah. How about us? So the other person that they think... It could be in this room, or maybe they're both in there, who the fuck knows, is the elegant Confederate gentleman that I was talking about earlier. (laughs) He also stayed in room one, so that's why people think it could be him. Um, Another unseen presence, when that one came into the room and said, I've had a rough ride. Yeah. Another unseen presence was felt when this guy walked into the room. So they think there was two in there at once. Oh. Yeah. And here's one specific story. A psychic was laying in bed when a male spirit entered the room, dropped his boots, and crawled into bed with her. (laughs) And she said that this was Lucius because she saw a picture of him and was like, this is him. God, these spirits are so, like, nonchalant about (laughs) it. They're like, I'm just gonna lay down here. This is an inn. tired. Yeah. Then there's Joe. He was a former employee of the Hardesty family. He was a dishwasher and helped with chores around the inn. And he died in 1985, so this was a little more recent. Mm -hmm. Um, An apparition has been seen by staff members in the basement, so they fully see him. And basically, a lot of the time when he's been seen, he was eating a plate of potatoes, (laughs) which he always did when he was living. Ew. uh... Yeah. And... A description that was given matched Joe, and that's how they kind of, like, were like, oh, this is definitely him. Oh, my God. Plate of potatoes. Yeah. So then there's a male spirit. They think it's the brother-in-law of the owner, the one that died in 2005 in the military. Mm -hmm. He has been an unseen presence, so that they've never seen an apparition of him. He's described as very protective. He's also been in the dreams of grieving family members, and they say, like, he tries to give them comfort and just, like, be there. Yeah. And his picture with his silver star was, is hanging in the inn. Aww. Yeah. And then there's room 23. And there's an unseen presence standing watch over guests in that room. Ew. They basically said you can't see it, but it feels like someone's watching you at all times in that room. Ew. Yeah. So, the 2011 owner, TJ Hardesty Brennan, and the staff would share their ghost stories with an online site, Danbury Patch. So, I don't know if that's still up and running, but if people want to check it out and see specific ghost stories from staff... Look up Danbury Patch. There's probably a ton. Yeah, and hard evidence has been captured, but the owners are careful with letting paranormal investigators in, so they're very picky and choosy with investigators that come in. Okay. One investigator, well, not really investigator, a psychic medium that was allowed in is medium Lorraine Warren, who is a very famous medium. Mm-hmm. And she stayed there many times and says that the attic and the second floor are very active with spirit. So, if anyone wants to go, 
I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't really say anything besides that. I wonder if she does. Yeah, and then Donna Kent and her Cosmic Society investigation team have been to the inn. They had personal experiences and caught hard evidence on camera and EVP recorders. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually describes some of the hard evidence that was caught in her book... And this book is Ghost Stories and Legends of Southwestern Connecticut, if anyone wants to check that out. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. And then, sorry, I just burped. <laughs> Paranormal Research Groups, this was this is the name of an investigative team, mm-hmm. had experience as well. And either a camera wasn't there to record it, or their battery was drained, so they didn't get evidence on camera. Damn it. But the an investigator sleeping in room 23 woke up to covers being pulled down and felt an unseen presence get into bed with them. That's way too real and yeah. too close for me. Yeah. <laughs> and then bringing it back to Gordon Ramsay, <laughs> <laughs> ending it on a high note, when Gordon Ramsay was there for Hotel Hell, he had difficulty leaving his room multiple times during his five-day stay, his door kept jamming shut where he couldn't get out of the room. Could you imagine how pissed he probably was? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm sure it's all on the show if you want to see how pissed he got. Oh, my God. Out. Yeah, they I have, have it that. all on the show. So, yeah, his door kept jamming, and former owner TJ Brennan said during Ramsey's stay, quote, This inn is haunted. I would walk by a table, and two minutes later, a plate would fly off that table. I went to light the fireplace, and it blew up on me, and I got burned. There are spirits here. Oh, my God. Yeah. And for those who want to visit, it's it's located at 506 Main Street, South Woodbury, Connecticut. And their website, to check it out, is www.1754house.com. Dot com. So, 1754house.com. Wow. Yeah. That was creepy, yeah. but really good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it was interesting. I was like, when I, I don't, I don't even know what really caught my eye about it. I think just the fact that it was an old inn, I'm like, oh my god, there has to be the weirdest shit here. And then I saw it, it was like one of the most haunted places in Connecticut. <laughs> Bless Excuse you. Thanks. And I was like, yeah. yeah. Like, if you think about it, like, any place that people, that has been around for a really long time that people could have potentially died in, there's yeah. going to be spirits there. And just, that has people coming and going. That's a lot of energy. A lot of travelers. Yeah. I wonder, like, okay, like, Murder House, like, we've talked about before, American Horror Story. Like, if they're, those spirits are stuck there... Or, like, they like being there. Murder House and Hotel, actually. Or they like being there, so they come back. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think they probably come and go as they please. Right? Yeah. Unless it was an absolutely horrific... Way of dying. ...death where something's keeping you there. Like, you're not able to to move on into into the afterlife or whatnot. I feel like people like, can come and go. Transition over. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Creepy. I hope you guys enjoyed these. Yeah, that was fun. We haven't done them in a long time. No. As I'm, like, stretching again. I know. We're always <laughs> stretching towards the end of this, but... So good. Yeah. I think the creepiest one so far that freaked me the fuck out was the Bell Witch. Bell Witch still haunts <laughs> me. I was thinking about her today. Remember the shirt I sent you the other day? Yeah, she... <laughs> <laughs> tell them. So, I... I'm like, We're, tell them. Yeah, tell them. <laughs> 
So I work with Vintage in my <laughs> other job besides yeah. this. Yeah, I work with Vintage and I go through clothing or whatnot and I I Vintage pick pretty much and I was going through a Vintage barrel of collected clothing the other day and there was this t-shirt with this woman on it. I'll post the picture. We'll post the picture because I'm not going to be able to accurately describe it. It's I'm like looking this, at it now. It's like this woman in the woods and hanging in the trees are like skulls and shit and she looks very witchy and... Did you notice there was a name up there? No, what the hell? I didn't notice it What either. does that say? What does that say? Rocktness? Ragana? Rakton? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to look deeper into it, but it's just a weird picture, and I sent Kelsey a picture of the shirt, and I was like, is this the Bell Witch? <laughs> I was like, I think she'd be creepier. She's way too pretty to be the Bell Witch. <laughs> Bell Witch, I'm not saying you're ugly, but like, <laughs> I think you're she's not scary. creepy looking. <laughs> this lady is Like, creepy. she's not scary. Yeah, she's just holding a little skull on a on a little stick. Yeah. Which is creepy, but I think uh, Bell Witch is a little scarier than that. <laughs> yeah. Bell Witch haunts me, I swear to God. Like, not physically, but she scares the shit out of me. I, I just told you, too, last week, I saw on Amazon Prime, they have the fucking Bell Witch movie that we were, that we talked about in the episode. The burned down The one thing. that they filmed where the stuff caught fire and all that. No. And I was like, there is no way I'm ever watching this. No one should ever watch that. Cursed. Don't watch it. Cursed. It's cursed. Yeah. You will get cursed. We gave you your suggestions. Go ahead and watch, watch those. Do not watch the Bell Witch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Horrifying. <sighs> Do you have anything else to add? Besides Don't Watch the Bell Witch? Yeah. I don't think so. I think that's about it. And we're going to go watch some Cruel Summer. Woohoo! <laughs> Everybody needs to watch it and let us know if you like it. Yeah. Give us some feedback, peoples. I think I'm also going to, uh, within the next couple days, post that poll yeah. that we talked about a couple episodes ago. So uh, by the time you hear this, it'll be posted. Yeah. With uh, merch stuff. Yeah. We're excited. But that's about it, I think. Yeah. See you guys next week. Until next time. Next Friday. Bye. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook